0: Alright, good morning everybody. My name is Dakota from Old History, and uh, this will be my first podcast, but um, it really is just a test. I just want to see how it goes, if it's something I like doing. I might do one every once in a while. Alright, so this is something the following, um, I guess, talk is going to be revolving around something I found in my family history while I was doing some ancestry research. Um, what I found was so far back there was a gentleman by the name of Abraham Slover who um, lived in what was what would be New River, Virginia, i I'd guess. Uh, I think it's really close to the West Virginia and Virginia state line, or what would be today anyway. And this, what I found was somebody had sent me a handwritten copy of his first hand account of when his homestead was raided. When he was, uh, accordingly, he was, I think he was around 10 years old in the story, him and his brother and his sister. (coughs) Excuse me. So without further ado. Um, let's dive right in. So I'm just going to read it from his perspective, by the way. Okay. So my father's residence was on New River, Virginia. The Indians came to my father's house when he was absent. We were but a short distance from the house on discovering that the Indians were there. The smaller children, you know, my brothers and sisters, they all turned their, they all ran into the house while I turned my course through a meadow to a thick place of woods. When I came near the woods, I turned my eyes and saw two Indians pursuing me. I escaped and returned to the house. They took my mom, my brother, and my sisters all prisoner. Oh, I should note that that says mother, I'm sorry. Uh, They plundered the house, took all they could carry, and then they took up a line of march, but they had not gone too far before my father came home, and upon seeing the devastation about the house, and his family gone, being well assured it was the work of the savages, it was all too much for human nature to bear. He hallowed and yelled, and the Indians heard him. But they all stopped their line of march, and two warriors went back with their guns, and in a short period of time, my mother heard the report of a gun. In a few minutes, they returned with the horse and saddle that my father was riding, My mother knew that her husband was killed, and they went on their journey towards the Indian towns of Ohio or Kentucky, Uh, having nothing to eat but wild meats, and through the fatigue of the journey, the two youngest children died in the wilderness, and our mother was quote-unquote exchanged after a number of years and returned to live with her children. She shortly afterwards died. John Slover died near the banks, Red Banks, Kentucky, at a very advanced age, leaving seven children. So that's the end of that story, but just to go over this from what would be the European point of view, this is one, but this story is one of many in history. They're about as numerous as there are birds in the sky. There are other stories, such as the Fort Sabert massacre, or the story of the Ingalls woman, the conflict between whites and Native Americans of, You know, they were old as even the oldest settlements. There were clear patterns of waxing and waning intensity. Homes such as the Amis home, or Amy home, up in the uh, Rogersville area, or what was Watauga in Hawkins County, uh, would be heavily fortified to defend against the natives when they would conduct their raids. But let's back up. How did these settlers acquire this land that belonged to other people? The simple answer is land grants. But to go more in depth, in North Carolina, for instance, all of the occupied land in what is now Tennessee was considered Washington County. And I go over this in one of my videos on the YouTube channel. Uh, Settlement was primarily confined to Northeast Tennessee for 40 shillings, or 40 shillings per 100 acres. Each head of a family could buy 640 acres for himself, 100 acres for his wife, and each child. And any amount of land above that costs five pounds per 100 acre. But before the American Revolution, the person desiring the land paid the fees and obtained a warrant and grant from the governor's office. After the Revolutionary War, the federal government awarded bounty lands to citizens and soldiers for services rendered. Rendered, excuse me. In its simplest form, this involved the exchange of free land for military service. Land was most often given according to rank. but. However, some soldiers took advantage of pieces of land and sold it to passing by settlers. Other times, settlers, or excuse me, other times, fees were paid to the entry taker's office. So now from the Native American point of view, that's, that's where it gets kind of complicated. But to simplify it in a, a little bit uh, to the natives, they were losing their ancestral hunting lands places that they had occupied since from around the time of Christ, many, many G- uh, generations. Now, some sedentary tribes, like the Cherokee, could be traced to the Mississippians, and uh, they actually do go back uh, about a thousand years. Uh, but anyway, in history class, you would be taught that the savages, quote-unquote, almost wiped out Jamestown. But the rest of the story is that the colonists overstayed their welcome and took more than what they needed from the neighboring tribes. Only afterwards, treaties would be made between tribes and white people with the promise of good treatment. But then those same promises would be broken afterwards. And with white people arriving, they brought diseases with them that were not previously introduced to that part of the world. And uh, it wiped out many, many, many people, many tribes, uh, because they had no known immunity, you know, to these new things they had never experienced. Even something like a common cold. So, to the natives, continuing on, pri- uh, private property was a foreign concept. Land was shared among the whole communities, rather than one individual having exclusive rights to a certain piece of land. And as such, immigrating the immigrating white Europeans would be seen as threats, with such happenings like. Chief Redbird's murder at the hands of two white men over simple fur, or when uh, Amatoya Moitoy of Teleco was appointed emperor over all the Cherokee towns in a ceremony by Sir Alexander Cummings in an attempt to appease his colonial sponsors. However, frontiersmen such as Davy Crockett would befriend the natives and would go on to advocate against President Jackson's Indian Removal Act. However, by the late 1700s, the Native Americans had all but lost their land in in the southern Appalachian region and a new era would begin with the remaining Indians even in peacetime being forced to move. So going a little bit further than that, the Indian Removal Act, which I believe was around the 1830s, uh, was introduced by President Jackson where though the tribes that still remained in the area, uh, like the Cherokee, uh, the Creek, the Shawnee, uh, they were evicted from their land and made to march all the way to Oklahoma. And it's considered, you know, one of the, uh, it's among the worst genocides in history, uh, in modern history. Um, And those people lost their ancestral lands. They lost everything. And, uh, now going off on a little side note here, some of the Cherokee had managed to escape, I believe is the story. And they are now known as the Eastern Band of Cherokee and they reside in Cherokee, North Carolina. So I hope you guys, uh, enjoyed that. That's the end of it. Uh, I know it's not going to be the greatest thing, but I uh, hope to educate somebody, at least on the way things were. Um, in the video, I wanted, I wanted to make this known. Uh, in the video, I, I did dress up and I had Dr. Mark Fincham. Um, he came in and assisted me with some of the the native American perspective and, uh, Mr. Jim Claiborne, who was a real close friend of mine had helped me with the, the European, uh, side of things. But most, most of the, some of this stuff, um, I had wrote myself, I just passed it off to them to, you know, kind of fact check it from, you know, my sources that I'd had and make sure that everything was in line. So thanks to those guys. And about Abraham Slover, <coughs> he is supposed to be my seventh great grandfather on my mother's side. So, anyway, we'll conclude this story. we I right at about 10 minutes and 30 seconds. So, uh, once again, my name is Dakota from the Old History YouTube channel and Facebook page. Uh, I hope you guys like it, and maybe it's something I'll do more often. Thank you.